So in the past couple of weeks, as we have been going through this series, the best advice I ever got, just two weeks ago, we talked about motivation and the insight was supposed to help you determine what your motivation is as you're making decisions. You might remember we looked at this verse, Romans 14, 23, which says that anything that does not come from faith is sin. And we pointed out how very often when we're making decisions, we can fall into the trap of making decisions based on fear rather than faith. So we examine our motivation. Why are we making this decision? However, today we're going to give you a little bit more insight that will help with decision making. And if you think about decision making and making good decisions is staying on the road, you can say that there's a ditch on each side. And we've already addressed the one if you let fear be the controlling influence, but you can go far to the other direction as well. So we said we want to act in faith, but we need to make sure that we are truly acting in faith and not going over the ditch on the other side. It reminds me of the old pastor's illustration about the woman in the church. She was blind and somebody in the church said to her, you know, if you would just have more faith, you could see, you could be healed. And so the story goes that the woman took her cane and she started beating this person over the head. And he said, ouch, what are you doing? That hurts. And she, of course, replied, if you only had enough faith, this wouldn't hurt. So we have to be careful when it comes to saying we're acting in faith because, number one, faith is doing something, believing something that God has actually said. And so we need to be careful that we're not just, there's not just having faith. You have to put your trust in something that God has actually said. And then there's the question of, well, what do you do when God hasn't given a particular direction for the question that you're facing. You're not going to be able to look up a passage in second hesitations and find who you're supposed to marry with that person's name right beside it. You're not going to be able to look up a verse that will tell you whether you should take that job or not, whether you should move or stay. There are some decisions that we encounter in life where we're just not going to be able to point to a verse and have clear, unambiguous direction about how to make that decision. So what do we do in a situation like that? And so today we are going to be talking about decisions. The best advice that I ever got on making decisions. Now, I encountered this clarifying question that you can ask whenever you're facing decisions that will almost always give you clear direction. It'll make apparent what direction you should take, what decision you should make, even if you've had confusion up till that point, even if you're getting conflicting advice from the people that you trust, even if there isn't a verse in the Bible that's going to tell you exactly what to do, this question is a clarifying question. It will remove the fog and help you to make a good decision. So what is this question? And uh, well, let me tell you a couple of things that it's not. 
before we get to that question. Because what are some of the other questions that we use when we're making decisions? Well, some of them might be, is it legal? You know, if, if there's no law against it, then it must be okay. But if you look back on your life and some of your greatest regrets, maybe you did break the law, but in many cases, it wasn't that you broke the law, it was just that you made a decision that didn't work out well in the end. So that doesn't work real well as a question, you know, is it legal? Because there's a lot of things that are legal that we probably should not do and aren't going to end up well. Well, let's take it out of the realm of legality and just talk about, is it permissible? You know, if I look at the employee handbook, there's nothing that says that I can't do this. If I, uh, uh, if my parents have never said I can't do this, then I suppose it's okay. Is it permissible? Well, again, there are a lot of things that are permissible that we probably shouldn't do, aren't going to end up well. Just because it's permissible doesn't mean that it's a good decision. And that leads to another question. It's what is everybody else doing that you can look around and you can see, well, you know, most people who are in my situation tend to do this. This is the normal course of action. This is just what people do. Well, again, I'm not sure that that's a great question. Sometimes there, that might lead you in the right direction, but it's not always going to work. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've also talked about finances and uh, Dave Ramsey's FPU and in Financial Peace University FPU, he talks about how normal is often dumb. That, you know, the normal thing to do is if you're a student, you get a student loan, you can't have a car without having a car loan. Going into debt is normal. And he points out that, you know, unless you're a proponent of slavery, it's probably not a good idea to just embrace debt left and right because the scriptures say that the borrower is the slave of the lender. So just because it's the normal, just because everybody else is doing it, just looking around and seeing what others do in your situation, probably not the best approach. So what do we do when we're facing a decision? If the question is not, is it legal? It's not, is it permissible? It's not, what is everybody else doing? What is the question that you can ask to help you make a good decision clears away the fog, gives you the guidance that you need. Well, that question is suggested by the scripture that we're going to be looking at today. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 18. And I'm going to read it to you, and then we will look at it in detail and tease out this question, this question which will help you to make good decisions. In this letter, that's what the book of Ephesians is. It's a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. He's in the second part of the letter, which is giving very practical direction of how to apply their faith to their lives. And in chapter 5, beginning at verse 15, he says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, 
because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together before we dive in. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us insight into the scripture, that you would show each of us how to apply it to our lives, help to clear away the fog and confusion, and give us direction that is from you for our lives. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you for every person that is listening, because I don't believe anyone is listening or watching by accident that you have something specific and good that you want to give them. And I pray that if there are people who are facing decisions, life or death decisions, big decisions, life-changing, life-altering decisions, that especially you would give them the wisdom that they need to, and the clarity that they are seeking to hear from you, to make a good decision so that all turns out well. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. So this clarifying question, this fog clearing question that will help you to make good decisions Actually, I encountered it about 15 years ago or more when this passage was turned into what was described as the best question ever. This is a book written by Andy Stanley. It came out in the early 2000s, I think. And early in our church's existence, I ran across this and I thought, wow, this is great. The best question ever. What makes it the best question? That you can ask it in just about any situation and it will help you to make a good decision. And it is rooted in this passage. We've already seen the question. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you what this question is. And it's going to be the bottom line. It's going to be the one thing that I want you to remember, the one thing that I want you to hold on to, the one thing that I want you to grasp on to. And if you don't remember anything else, you will remember this question and you'll be able to apply it because it is a great question and perhaps the best question ever, especially when it comes to making decisions. So what is this question that you can ask? It is this, what is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? Not what's legal, what's permissible, what is everybody else doing, but what is the wise thing to do? Look at what it said in Ephesians chapter five. He starts off by saying, so be careful how you live. The idea is not to be cautious, not that kind of careful, but to give some care to the way that you are living, to give some thought to it. And that's one of the benefits of this question is it forces you to pause and to think through your decision and to think through the consequences of your decision, to think through the possible or probable ramifications and end result of your decision. So he says, as part of following Jesus, you are going to give some thought. You're not just going to go with the flow. You're not going to just uh, do what everybody else is doing. You're going to give some thought to how you live. 
And so he says, what does it mean to, to be thoughtful when you are making your decisions, to be careful when you are making your decisions? Well, it's not as the unwise, but the wise. You'll notice I switched to the New International Version because this is uh, a better, it's a, it's, a more, um, it's a more literal translation, which is why I chose this in, in this particular instance, because the, the, the words are wise and the opposite of wise, unwise, uh, the, the negative, it negates. Well, you got wise and you got negative wise, not wise. So what does it mean to be thoughtful? Where well, you're going to be wise. You're going to give some thought to your decisions. You are not going to be unwise, but wise when you're making those decisions. Well, what's part of that? You know, you're know, you going to ask yourself, what, what is the wise thing to do in my situation? What is the wise thing to do? And he helps by giving uh, some further clarity and some further insight into what he means to live thoughtfully, to make wise decisions. In verse 16, it says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now, this is interesting because you might remember when we were looking at the uh, motivation, fear versus faith, a couple of weeks ago, we used a very similar passage in Colossians chapter 4. Colossians is also written by the Apostle Paul, also written to a church at Colossae instead of at Ephesus. And he uses very similar words. He talks about living wisely, and he also uses this particular phrase, to make the most of every opportunity. And you might remember that what we said was, it's the... It's the language of getting a bargain. You're going to the market, you're going to the store, and you find this great bargain. And so you snatch it up. It might not have been on your shopping list, but it's such a good deal. It's an opportunity that you don't want to miss. So you seize the day, you grab the product, you put it in your cart. That's what he's saying here. When There are going to be times where you are going to have opportunities and so seize the day, take advantage of those opportunities. That's part of what it means to be wise. And why is it important for us to seize those opportunities when they're presented? Because they're not always going to be there. And that's what he's pointing out by saying, in these evil days. So he says that you know, there are times where you're not going to have those opportunities, so you want to take advantage of them while they're there. And then, in fact, the, the spirit of the age, that's a, a phrase I used to hear in Christian circles a lot. There's a, there's a spirit. There's a, this is why it's not safe to just look around and see what everybody else is doing and just do the normal thing, because the normal is not necessarily the best. It's not necessarily the wise. It's not necessarily the good thing that that there's a, a spirit of the age and you have to sometimes work against that. And so when you do have an opportunity, you want to seize it. And this also introduces the idea of time, that there are days, there are seasons for making wise decisions and that will help give some insight. And in fact, in the best question ever, the book, they approach it, the author approaches it from several different angles, time angles, that help to tease out the wise decision, the right thing to do. You look at it from 
the past, the perspective of the past, look at it from the perspective of the present, and also look at it from the perspective of the future. So what are we saying? In light of my past experiences, what is the wise thing to do? So you're saying, I'm facing a decision right now, but my past, my history, is going to inform that decision and looking at it in light of my past experiences is going to give me some insight for making this decision right now. I'll give you an example of a small example of this from my own life. So I uh, am not a very tall person. I am five foot six and or five foot seven. And when I was growing up and I kept I, uh, wanting to get taller and taller and I would do everything I could, I would eat stuff and it just didn't matter. I was only going to be five seven. And so I used to joke that I'm waiting for my growth spurt. Well, Imagine my surprise when I actually, in my early 30s, started a growth spurt. Imagine my disappointment when the growth spurt was not vertical, which is what I was hoping for, but horizontal. I had to start watching my weight, which was the first time in my entire life that I had ever had to do that. And so, ever since then, I have had to be much more careful, much more thoughtful about what I eat. Well, lately, I noticed a couple of things about my habits. Number one, I tend to eat what is the most convenient and what is available. And sometimes when I'm at my office and I get hungry, if I haven't brought something, if I don't have something with me, then within walking distance, there's an extra mart, there's this convenience store. And most of the stuff at the convenience store is not good for me. It's not going to be helpful. It's a junk food palace. And so what I noticed was sometimes I would get hungry and I would just go to things that is most convenient and most available. So last week, realizing this, and you know, we always have fruit and good stuff to eat at home, but I don't always bring it with me. So instead of counting on myself to remember to bring something with me, I got the bunch of apples and a bag, a bank, a bag of apples and a bunch of bananas and kept them in my office. That way I don't have to remember to bring them. And the thing that is most convenient and most available to me is fruit. So that is a good thing. Another thing that I noticed is that sometimes I get so wrapped up in my work that, uh, or whatever I happen to be doing, that I'll sometimes miss mealtime and I'll go longer perhaps than I should. And then when I get past that mealtime and I get hungry and I'm ready to eat, then I again uh, tend to go for the thing that is most convenient and because I'm so hungry, I probably eat more. That's my tendency, eat more than I should at that time. So another just adjustment that I've made is that I try to eat smaller meals ahead of time rather than getting behind and letting my hunger overtake me. So what have I done in that situation? I've looked at my past experiences and how I've handled situations and in light of that, I make adjustments. I ask, what's the wise thing to do? Well, the wise thing to do is for me to have good food 
available to me to make that the most convenient thing for me to eat. What's the wise thing to do in light of my past experiences is to not let myself get so wrapped up in stuff that I become ravenous because that often does not end well. It doesn't get me where I want to go. The wise thing to do is to eat well and to eat ahead of my hunger rather than getting to that point. So you can examine your past experiences and you can say, well, what happened the last time that I went to that place? What happened the last time that I hung out with that group of people? What happened the last time that I skipped this or added this? And in light of your past experiences, it will give you wisdom and insight that you need right now to make a good decision right now. So we look at it in light of our past and then bring it into the present. In light of my current circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? In light of my current circumstances, one of the things that this verse points out is that there are changing circumstances. Sometimes you have opportunities, you gotta grab them. Sometimes those opportunities aren't gonna be there. All of us, there are seasons to our lives, and we're not always going to be in this season, but there are certain decisions that you should make now that maybe wouldn't be necessary in different circumstances, but it helps us to be honest, to just recognize, okay, we are in these circumstances right now, so we're gonna make different decisions based on that. The, the most obvious illustration of that, I think, is the pandemic, that we are in the middle of a pandemic. We are making decisions. We are doing stuff that we wouldn't normally do, wearing masks everywhere. We are not doing stuff that we usually would do, getting together, having big parties at this time of the year, that kind of thing. That's just a, a, an example of not something that we are going to change for the rest of our life or that we will have to do for the rest of our life, but there are current circumstances that we are adjusting for and making different decisions now because of the way things are right now. Now, in your life, you're probably dealing with similar situations, but it might have nothing to do with the pandemic, but you look around and you say, you know, it's not always going to be like this, but for now, in light of my current circumstances, this is the wise thing for me to do. Sometimes it might be relationships. There's your, your relationship is in a particular season, and so you need to make different decisions than you would have in the past or that you will in the future. For some of you, it's financial decisions. You're working really hard perhaps to get out of debt or you're uh, working really hard to build a business or to get additional clients. You might make different decisions right now for a season that you won't have to do forever, that you wouldn't have done in the past and you won't have to do in the future, but you examine it and just say, in light of my current circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? And then you look into the future and you ask yourself, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? One of the best things that you can do is kind of put yourself into the future. Think about, What's the kind of life that I want to have? What kind of relationship do I want to have with my spouse? 
What do I want to see for my walk with the Lord? What are, what, what do I want my, what do I want my health to look like? What do I, how long do I want to live? Do I want to be there for my uh, children's children? Do I want them to grow up with their grandparents? Do I want to have this kind of job or this kind of life? Well, if you look out into the future and think about what my future hopes and dreams are, then that will give you insight because most of the time, if we, there, there's a pretty clear path. You know that there are certain things that you have to do, decisions that you have to make, paths that you have to go down in order to get to that place. Just like when we're driving, when we have a destination in mind, that's going to determine where, what roads we're going to take, what direction we are heading, because we want to end up at a certain place. In the same way, your future hopes and dreams will give you insight into the decisions that you need to make right now. So what's the wise thing to do in light of my future hopes and dreams. So we seize the opportunities. We recognize that we live in days that are not necessarily, they're evil days. They're not necessarily going to help us to just go with the flow and do what everybody else is doing. But there are seasons. And so we make decisions, give, give yourself insight into the right thing to do by looking at the past, your present, and the future. Well, let's go on. Ephesians 5.17, the next phrase, the next words, do, don't act thoughtlessly. There's that word again. It's kind of like we were saying about careful, giving care, thoughtful, giving thought to. Literally, it says don't be foolish. So the opposite of being foolish in this case is being thoughtful, careful, giving thought to your path. But understand what the word what the lord wants you to do so one of the benefits of asking this question is it forces you to give some thought it prevents you from being foolish because you're asking what is the wise thing to do and then it says but understand what the lord wants you to do now this is kind of interesting because Usually, this is a command, it's an imperative. Usually commanding somebody to understand something doesn't really work. For example, lately I've been helping my daughter who's in uh, a freshman in high school with her math homework. Now, I had the same stuff, but it wasn't exactly yesterday. So when I go over it, it looks somewhat familiar, but in order to help her, I actually have to teach it to myself again. Now, what I wish I could do, because it's a lot easier than this, is I wish that I could just command her, Olivia, understand geometry, and then walk away. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Just understand calculus, understand history. But the reality is that that's not the way it works, right? Uh, we, we, we just can't be commanded. So it's interesting that he says to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, the book, The Best Question Ever, approaches it like this, and I think this is helpful. Uh, he's saying that this command is, is really pointing to the fact that when we ask this question, what is the wise thing to do? it has a way of just kind of clearing the fog. Because 
in most cases, if we think about, you know, in light of our past experiences, yeah, I should probably make this adjustment. It's, it's pretty clear. It, it, when I look around the current circumstances, the context in which I find myself, sometimes just asking that question clears the fog. What's the wise thing to do in light of what's going on around me right now? It's pretty obvious. If I think about where I want to be in the future and just ask, well, what's the wise thing to do? What's the thing that I can do now to get me to where I want to be in the future? It just, the path just kind of opens up to you. And so what he may be saying here by commanding this, understand what the Lord wants you to do, uh, maybe in part that, that, that as a follower of Jesus, if you ask this question, uh, you compare it to God's word, he gives you insight into it. Most often you are going to, it's just gonna make the, the, the path obvious to you. It's going to help to clear that confusion. But the other thing that I think that this hints at is related to what he says next. And this is huge. This is a benefit. This is just an incredible ace up your sleeve to have. And this is where the distinction comes because up until this point, for the most part, this isn't a Bible thing. This isn't a Christian thing. Anybody can ask this question. What's the wise thing to do? And if you examine it in light of your past and your present and your future, you're probably going to have some good insight. But as a follower of Jesus, this is where we move into the benefit, the, the plus, the add-on that being a follower of Jesus gives to us, when, that makes this command to understand make sense. And I'm going to give you a little bit of other context from the Apostle Paul when he's writing to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we understand, there's that word again, understand, we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. This is one of my favorite verses because it is so amazing. It's so mind-blowing. What he's saying there is that we can understand, we can have insight, we can have understanding in God's will, into God's will, because we have the mind of Christ. Wouldn't it be great if you could just kind of ask Jesus any question you wanted to? Wouldn't it be great if he would share his thoughts with you? And what this is saying is that as a follower of Jesus, you can have the mind of Christ. You can read his mind and get understanding. Now, how does this happen? Let's go back to Ephesians chapter five. The next verse, verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. We'll come back to that in just a second. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the advantage that a follower of Jesus has. When you say yes to Jesus, not only do you get the benefit of the forgiveness of your past and a future that is secure with God forever, now and into eternity, but he also becomes, uh, comes and is present in your life. We sometimes talk about asking Jesus into our heart. Well, what does that mean? Well, from the biblical perspective, what happens is that God the Holy Spirit, God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in 
each follower of Jesus. That's why we are called the temple of God, because the temple of God is where God takes up residence. And we learned at Pentecost when the fire came and rested over each believer, when the wind blew, that was that was illustrating, that was making visible something that was happening in the spiritual realm, that God would take up residence in his people. And there wouldn't be the need for a physical temple anymore because the people would be the temple of God. And so as a follower of Jesus, you have God's Holy Spirit living and residing in you. You have the mind of Christ because he shares his thoughts with you through his Holy Spirit. And so we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How can we be commanded to understand what God's will is? It's because he has shared it with us by giving us himself the mind of Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so we are to be filled. Now that's where this first comparison gives us insight that we're not supposed to be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. You see, when you drink too much, the alcohol becomes the controlling influence in your life. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That means that God's Holy Spirit becomes the controlling influence in your life. And so, as always, I'm going to encourage you to commit your life to Jesus. It's one thing to ask this question, but to then ask it with God's presence living and residing within you, to guide you, to direct you, to give you course adjustments along the way. And why does he do that? It's because he loves you because he wants what's best for you. He wants you to have a story worth telling. And so he offers to rewrite the story of the rest of your life. How does this happen? It's when we turn over our life to Jesus, when we say yes to him, yes to his forgiveness. I want what, what you did on the cross, Jesus, in paying the debt of our sins, I want that to count for me personally. What does it mean to say yes to Jesus? It means saying yes to his lordship and leadership, that we surrender our lives to him and say, I want you to lead and guide my life from this point forward. So if there's never been a time where you have crossed the line of faith, where you have surrendered your life to Jesus, then let's let this be that time so that not only can you get the mind of Christ and have the wisdom and insight that you need, but he can totally transform you from the inside out, make you a new person and write a new ending to your story. Commit your life to Jesus. And if you, uh, and if you would, text yes to our church number. That way we can celebrate with you. We can also encourage you and help you get a good start on your walk with Jesus. So text yes to 603-225-2550. Now, there's uh, another passage that is parallel, has some parallels uh, with this passage. Uh, this is also in Colossians. We've already looked at how he talks about seizing the opportunities and being living wisely. Well, there's another parallel here in Ephesians. It says that we're to be filled with the Spirit. And in Colossians 3.16, 
Paul writes to the church at Colossae, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Wouldn't that be nice if just whenever you needed it, wisdom just flooded into your life. You knew exactly what to do. You knew the right thing, the wise thing to do in every situation. Well, he gives us his Holy Spirit so that we understand the mind of Christ. But look at the other thing that he provides. It says, let the word of Christ live in you richly. I love this because there's kind of a double entendre. Jesus is called the word of God. So it's not a particular, it's not a book. It's not a particular question. What you really need is Jesus. Jesus is the answer that you are looking for. But he shares his wisdom, not only in the person of the Holy Spirit, but in the writings of the scriptures. Let the word of Christ live in you richly. So I hope that you will have crossed the line of faith so that you have the Holy Spirit living and residing in you. I hope that you will ask this question, what is the wise thing to do? But I also hope that you will let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, that you will read and respond to God's word on a regular basis and let that shape your thinking, inform your conscience, give you direction and guidance that will make the answer to this question, what is the wise thing to do, pop in every situation. I've shared with you before that kind of my underlying goal for this whole series of the best advice I ever got is to encourage you to and help you to establish the habit of getting into God's word day in and day out, reading and responding to his word, because that will make the answer to this question really pop for you. So among the resources, get the growth guide, follow along, answer those questions, figure out how to life journal, all the resources that we've provided for that. You'll find those in the, in the page for this, the website that I'll, sh uh, page for this message, which I'll show you in just a second. But accept Jesus, follow Jesus, turn your life over to Jesus, and then every day, let his word richly dwell in you. Let it inform your conscience. Let it determine, uh, give you insight and direction so that when you ask this question, the answer will pop. What is the best question ever? What's the, the best advice I ever got for decision-making? It's to ask this, in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, my, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Now, even though I heard that over a decade ago, I need reminders of that. And it helps for me, it's helped me to think about this as I present it again today. Maybe you heard this before and you've made un, an unbroken str string of wise decisions from that point on. I'm glad for you. That's not been my experience. I need that reminder. And so here's my challenge for all of us to post it, to take the growth guide, for example, and then figure out to put it somewhere where you can uh, make use of it and just see it and be reminded of it day in and day out. Post it somewhere. We'll give you some resources. I mentioned the website and a web page. Go to cornerstonenh.org slash wise 
and that will give you some resources, some posts, some links to follow that will just help you to keep that question in front of you this week so that we can be asking ourselves, what is the wise thing to do? And I believe that as you ask this question, you are going to have insight that you wouldn't otherwise have, that the answer is gonna pop, that God's Holy Spirit will inform and direct you, that your reading of God's word is going to make you into a wiser person and time over time, day after day, you are going to see opportunities and seize opportunities and you are going to make wise decisions that will benefit you and the people that you love and care for around you and will glorify God in the process. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to remember this question and to apply it, that you would give us the insight that we need and seek, and that every person here would hear from you on what is the wise thing to do in their particular situation. I pray that you would give that insight and that you would give us the courage and strength to act on it so that our future looks different because I believe that you want what's best for us, that you have our best interests at heart, and you're going to show us through your Holy Spirit, through your word, and through asking this question. I pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen.